New York for 600. Slowly I turned to this honeymoon capital of the world, Fred. What is Niagara Falls? Yes. New York for 800. Answer. Haley Bubble. All right. You've just taken a $200 lead over Leslie. A uh, thousand. Okay. Second only to New York City in population, this western port is the Nickel City. What is Newark? No, the Nickel City. Nickel, Buffalo, the Buffalo Nickel. You drop down to 1800, but you've taken us into our first. Guy gets Niagara Dude. Falls before that and forgets Buffalo? Dude, Newark? That's, That's New Jersey. New That's York. not even in the city of New York. Yeah, I don't know what you Yeah, give yourself a shot at least. Guess some other, guess Albany if you have to. Like, come on. Right. I, I mean, this guy needs to go back to kindergarten geography class to figure out all of that. I mean, come on. I knew that answer, and I was six years old when I knew that answer. Brutal. But yeah, I give, anyway. Give love. Alex Trebek coming back to us from the grave. He uh, recorded more episodes before he unfortunately passed, so those are still coming. And got a Buffalo shot out there. We love when Buffalo gets on Jeopardy, but uh, we like we like a little bit more respect. Yeah, we. Well, speaking of respect, Nick. First of all, welcome everyone to another episode of this podcast. I'm Charlie. That's Nick. You want to talk about some respect, Nick? Let's talk about our nine and three Buffalo Bills, who I think this week has gained a lot of respect, maybe not as much as what I thought they would have after that huge win against San Francisco, but they've gained a lot of respect. And you know what? They have put America, the NFL, and the entire world on notice that they are here and they are ready to go. It's about time you win on Monday Night Football instead of laying eggs like they always do. People notice, and it's not they didn't just sneak by and win. They looked good on Monday Night Football. Love to they see that. They looked very good, very good. And I think the most important thing is, you know, on top of them looking good, Josh Allen looked like an MVP candidate. Josh Allen, I'll say it yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you know. He looked very, very good. And that don't forget, that's a very good defense. I know they were a 5-16, the San Francisco 49ers. But they have a very good defense. And Nick Mullins, for a backup quarterback, he's not a terrible backup quarterback. I personally think he's going to be the starter next year in San Francisco because um, I, I don't think Garoppolo's coming back. That is uh, – we were talking about that during the game. I would not be surprised if Garoppolo went to the Patriots. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I know we talked about that a little bit when we lose. Um, um, yeah, Lucy Burge uh, from WEI. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so uh, when she was on, we did talk about uh, Garoppolo possibly going back to New England, and I think everyone has kind of hinted at it, like maybe he's the one to go back. He's the one that Belichick never wanted to get rid of. We'll see what happens. But anyway, with all that said, man, the Bills circled the wagons. Bought another train car on on, on the Penway. <laughs> Everyone's hopping on now again. Nine and three, huge game. Uh, started out a little bit scary, man. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I wasn't nervous whatsoever that game. 
Uh, well, that's funny because you texted me and said, I'm nervous about this game. <laughs> I was very nervous. I was you, nervous you going into that game. I take it. Yes, yes. I was very nervous going into that game. Um, two reasons. One, I thought that it was a game where Buffalo could potentially look ahead to the Steelers, knowing really what's on the line with Pittsburgh playing an AFC team. Uh, we've seen that happen with them before. I think we saw that happen with the Tennessee game this season where they were really looking ahead more to Kansas City, it looked like. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I am glad to see them pull one off this this week. This is a huge game. The white face masks are 2-0. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you know, a lot of people are saying don't, tr- don't treat the white face mask like the McRib, but I'm for them all the time. Leave them on the menu all season long. I'm all about the white face masks. Hey, if it's not, if it's if it's not, uh, don't 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 change. What's what's what am I trying to say here, Charlie? Don't fix what ain't broke here, right? You won two in a row with the white face mask. Keep them going. Why would you change now? Absolutely, no, I I agree, and I think at the end of the day, the Bills look like a legit NFL team, Nick. Um, legit. Possibly AFC champion team, we'll see. But if the Bills can play at their ceiling, and I think I said this last week with you, Nick, I know I, I, I was talking to a few other people about the game this past week, but if the Bills can play at their ceiling, and let's face it, this, this game was their ceiling. It was a four quarters of the Bills at their ceiling. If the Bills can play at their ceiling next week against Pittsburgh, and, and the, the following three weeks after that and into the playoffs – I don't think anyone's going to beat them. They are a scary team when they play at their ceiling. Yeah, so we are, we're going to get into that a little bit later, I think, when we talk – well, I'm going to get into it at least when we talk about uh, this this week's schedule and uh, what help the Bills want from some other games. And uh, I'm going to get into that. But, yeah, dude, when you talk about a team that could contend for a Super Bowl, that's exactly mm-hmm. what they showed. They're, they're not – like last year's Chiefs felt like the heavy favorite for the Super Bowl. The Bills aren't anyone's heavy favorite, but they are a team that could legitimately, rationally, reasonably compete for a Super Bowl, and that's just so exciting. And you know what? You want to talk about the Chiefs? The Chiefs are still everyone's heavy favorite, I think, this year to win the Super Bowl, right? But yeah. the Chiefs looked beatable this past week against Denver. They got beat by the Raiders this you know, a couple weeks ago, who who the Bills beat earlier on in the season. You know, yes, the Chiefs are good, but to me, the Chiefs aren't as dominant all the time like what the Patriots were all those years, where they were so dominant no matter who they played. Mm-hmm. They were clearly it, the favorite year in and year out. Yeah, it's just so nuts to me. Anytime you watch the Chiefs, it's like they can – when they get it right, man, they can just turn it on and blitz you for 21 points before you know what happened. So they are, even even when they're having a bad game, even like the Super Bowl last year, same thing. Even when they look like they're down, before you know it, there's a couple touchdowns on the board and you don't know what just happened. So they have, they have the firepower. Um, I mean, I would have to think, barring an injury or a collapse at the end of the season, that they're going to be the heavy Super Bowl favorite once the playoffs start. I think so. I mean, you know, who knows how healthy Breeze is going to be when he comes back on on the NFC side, and 
you know, I don't see too many NFC teams right now running away with it. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the Chiefs could be dangerous like they always are, but Buffalo could be just as good, man. They they looked the part this, this week, and the national media has taken notice, and I think we'll learn a lot more. And we say this every week, I feel like, right? We'll learn more about them next week. We'll learn more about them next week. But here we are again, back-to-back, big games. This isn't just a small game next week. We'll, 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 and, and we'll get into next week a little bit later on the show. But next week's just as big of a game as what this past week was. And a lot can happen this week. And Buffalo could potentially clinch a playoff spot this this week if they can beat Pittsburgh and have some help, which, again, we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, how about that? It's week 14 and the Bills have a clinch scenario? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. When's the last time we had that? I feel like that's, you know, not in my lifetime. Uh, well, yeah, probably the Super Bowl years maybe, but I don't think it's going to happen. They need a win and a Baltimore loss and a Miami loss and a Las Vegas loss and a Patriots loss or tie. So that's a lot of help. But just the fact that you're on the graphic in week 14, awesome. Yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Um, but, man, let, let's not – we can't get ahead. Let's talk about Buffalo, San Francisco. A lot of good, a lot of good. And I and I know that I am notorious on the show for nitpicking the defense left and right. Um, I am not going to do that too much this week because it was a very good game. Uh, if you start off opening drive, Buffalo had no problem moving the ball down the field. And not just on that opening drive. I think it was all game. They had no trouble moving the ball. But that opening drive, they moved that ball – Josh Allen did a really good job commanding that offense, getting the ball downfield, getting to the goal line. And unfortunately, on that first drive, uh, on fourth and one, Josh rolled out. It looked like the play was supposed to go to the offensive lineman who was rolling out for the catch. That looked to be Josh Allen's first target. He was covered, not there. Good job on San Francisco to pick that up. Um, And then Josh Allen tries to find a wide-open Lee Smith in the end zone. And Lee Smith just did not not being the pass catcher then that is, did not realize that he no one around him and he should have stopped where he was and he kept running and and, and Josh just missed him. I thought uh yeah, Lee Smith needs to sit sit in that hole a little bit. He was open and he he ran himself into coverage, I think. And Josh saw it and Josh is waiting for him to sit and the throw's kinda of behind him because the throw's into where the hole was. And I don't think uh Lee Smith really realized what he had how much space he probably had. So you could say, why are you throwing to Lee Smith? And it's it's so funny how teams get down close and like, well, we need one yard. Should we pound it with the fullback? Should we quarterback sneak? Or should we draw up like the most confusing play imaginable and try to throw it to the lineman? It's like sometimes you'd rather just see him pound it in there. But, um, I mean, the element of surprise, like I, I, I trust you throwing to a wide-open NFL player pretty much every time. So I like I don't mind that if if the other team's gonna not cover Lee Smith and just leave him open, you just gotta like I don't fault the play call or Allen for looking for Lee Smith. You just gotta kind of wish he would have just been better and realized like I don't know like he didn't score too many touchdowns. He's a veteran. Could have got a little excited and, and forgot to check his bearings, but just sit down, easy touchdown, just sit. I mean, I don't blame Josh Allen for that one. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the play was designed from what it looked like. Again, you know, we're not in the huddle. We don't know. But from the way that it looked like the play was designed, it was designed to go to the the 
uh, offensive lineman who was rolling out. That was obviously the first look. So Josh was rolling that way. What else was he going to do with it? He didn't have the running lane. He had to get rid of it. Um, again, Lee Smith just it sits there. It should have worked. Right. Lee Smith just sits there. There's six. No big deal. San Francisco takes over at their two-yard line. Uh, get a little bit moving, not much. Then that terrible DPI there on mm. Levi Wallace that I think was a very questionable defensive pass interference. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so there. funny to me. You're watching the game. The referee right in front of the play says, nope, good defense. And then some referee who's not even on the screen throws a flag, and you see it come in from you know 20 yards away, and he's going to call that? Like, Just trust your right. partner on that one. You know, I think that uh, it was interesting that the close ref didn't call anything, and then all of a sudden you have that 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 second ref come in and throw that. And flag. He was right, right, right on top of it. It was a little late. I mean, by the time he threw the flag, everyone was kind of you know going back to the huddle, you know, or, or at least starting to head back into the huddle. And all of a sudden, the, you know, the flag kind of gets thrown a couple of seconds late. I thought it was a little ridiculous. I had to travel so far. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, drive stays alive. San Francisco do, goes down, gets down the goal line. Buffalo makes a huge goal line stop now. Still huge. a zero-zero game. Huge, huge goal line stop. Jermaine huge. Edmonds, great stick. Really nice. Jermaine Edmonds, by the way, had a great game. Great game by Jermaine Edmonds. Um, so, huge stop, fourth down. First down for Buffalo, and Josh Allen goes out to Zach Moss. Zach Moss closes his hands a little early, fumbles the ball. Now, I, I don't know if things have changed at all right after the game or, or, or while the game was going on. They gave that fumble to Josh Allen, which sucks because he had a great, great game. And they're going to cut that against Josh Allen. And that's going to be the one blemish on, his, on his, 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 his record from this game. But I believe that fumble should go to Zach Moss. Zach Moss closed his hands early. And uh, yeah, yeah, Moss messed up, but I think just because he never had possession of the ball, they they were just going to give it to Allen. So that that sucks. But I, what I was impressed about is that how many, like that, that could have been backbreaking. You have a goal line stand and then you cough the ball up on the first play. Are you kidding? Like, how many Mm -hmm. years would would that have just broken the team's spirit and they get down? Uh, you know, they didn't score on the fourth down. Then they give up a 99-yard drive, and then they stop it. Then uh, now they're going to give up a touchdown right away again. That would have killed so many games in the past. So it's like a Bills on primetime, and you and that happens in the first quarter. Are you kidding? Like that would they would have packed up shop. You know, I, I, I obviously I do agree with you on that. I think that happens. We've seen too many times where Buffalo just gets down on themselves and like that's it. I'm done. Um, but or, again, or they know that they don't have the firepower on offense to really overcome too many mistakes, and that happens. <laughs> like, well, not great. No, like you, you couldn't afford your margin for error was so small without the offensive firepower. Josh Allen at that point, I think, said, "You know what? I got this, guys. Hop on, We're going for a ride." And sure enough, man, he drove Buffalo right back downfield. Uh, beautiful pass, by the way, on that drive to Cole Beasley. Or that was on the first drive. Beautiful pass to Cole Beasley on the first drive. Uh, hit Cole Beasley again multiple times on the second drive. Found Stephon Diggs a few times. Cole Beasley, what a heck of a game Cole Beasley had. Heck of a game. Mm-hmm. You know, 
let's not sleep on Cole Beasley this year, man. Cole Beasley, he has more yards right now than A.J. Brown, more receptions than DJ, D.K. Metcalf, more yards per reception than DeAndre Hopkins, more touchdowns than Julio Jones, and more 100-yard game than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I saw that tweet today. That's incredible. And I saw uh, ESPN said he has the most touchdowns reception of any player in NFL history under five foot eight. What a guy. Yeah. And I, he has great hair. Gonna... What a guy. That flow is, is goals, man. Flow goals for sure. Um, I do want to know what they think is – what, what other wide receivers are out there at under five, five eight or five nine or under? Because I don't think that there's many from back in the day who played wide receiver. Uh, I think just just any any player. So you could have how tall was Danny Woodhead? He probably had a bunch of scores that you forgot about, right? That's true. That's true. Maybe I, I gotta look Danny this up now. Woodhead. I don't know, but like you, you respect a guy like that. He's so shifty and quick, and he just no. It seems like every week. No one has anyone who can cover him, and it's kind of cool that the Bills finally have that guy. Woodhead mm-hmm. was five nine, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're Cole Beasley. How a team could sit down and look at their roster, like the Cowboys did, and say, "Yeah, we don't need this guy. This guy can go to free agency. We're fine without him." And and be so confident in that blows my mind. Cole Beasley, SB one of the the best receivers I, I would say best receivers in the league but one of the best slot receivers in the league for sure yeah from the slot incredibly effective you know and and one thing that buffalo did very well on all their drives not just first drive second drive third fourth so on and so forth on every drive this this week buffalo did a great job of taking and and buffalo josh allen brian deal with the play calling took advantage of what the defense was giving them. And Josh Allen wasn't trying to force balls in places they didn't belong. Like we saw that a little bit in the Arizona game, right? Josh Allen tried to force the ball places where the ball did not belong. We saw it a little bit in the Chargers game as well. Josh Allen trying to force balls in places. This past week, Josh Allen did everything that he needed to do correctly and took what the defense was giving him and utilizing Cole Beasley in those short routes underneath and letting Cole Beasley do what he needed to do with his feet once he got the ball. All right, and I'm going to have, a, have a, a, a half a take here. I think a lot of that is attributed, attributed to better offensive line play. I think Josh had time to kind of get set and go through his reads, and they have good play designs. They have people open. Like we said, how many times did Tom Brady just seem like someone was open on every single play? Sometimes it feels like that with the Bills this year, and that's so cool. And when Allen has time, to actually go through his reads and look for a guy, he can find the open guy. I think in some of those other games, granted, he didn't play very well in some of those games, so that's certainly a factor. But I also think he had more time in this game. I thought the line did well. Mitch Morris is back. He did well. Um, Ike Bakker, real nice game, I thought. Uh, as a whole, run blocking, we can uh, we can talk about that still. But the pass blocking, I thought, was better. I thought so too. I thought they did a good job. And Josh Allen did a good job of feeling pressure. There was only really one time that Josh seemed to get uh, hit from behind and lose the ball. What well, he really got it back, but you know, he, he took one hard shot yeah. where he really didn't feel the pressure. Yeah. But other than he that, did, he, he, did he, he did have like four almost turnovers that the 
was ruled down or it got overturned. Like that was a little concerning if you're trying to, to nitpick for things here. Like if, uh, you know, the challenge goes the other way or something, like the game could have changed dramatically early on. Right. And there was a few all over the place. So, I mean, there was an early fumble that they tried to call on Zach Moss as well, where they said his, he wasn't down, but his knee was down. And, you know, luckily good job on, on coach McDermott for challenging that. Um, but it was a great second drive. Buffalo got in the end zone. Cole Beasley with the touchdown and a little rockabye Beasley action there in the end zone by John Feliciano and Cole Beasley. I don't know what that touchdown celebration was, <laughs> but I, I'm here for it. I liked it. I'm here for it. Um, did, you, did you see the video of Stefan Diggs just absolutely breaking some guys' ankles? Unbelievable. He Justin Verrett cannot keep up with Stefan Diggs all day. Could you imagine? Okay, now now I'm just – no, I know I'm going way ahead. Can you imagine a game where Buffalo makes the Super Bowl, right? And not just any game, the Super Bowl. Buffalo makes Super Bowl, and an NFC team comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to play man-to-man defense against Josh Allen." When teams come out and play man-to-man defense against Josh Allen, they cannot stop these receivers or Josh Allen. That's exactly what San Francisco's game plan was. San Francisco came out and said, "Hey, we're going to play man-to-man." And allow Josh Allen to have to beat us, and Josh Allen did. You know, Robert Sala, great defensive mind. He has a great future in this league as a head coach. I know there's a petition going around right now for him to get hired in uh, Detroit, which I thought was interesting. Um, but he didn't really seem to do his homework on Josh Allen. You know, he really said that Josh Allen is just a Cam Newton style quarterback, running quarterback more or less looked at this Buffalo offense, in my opinion, as, hey, this Buffalo offense just runs a version of a Wildcat offense. Josh Allen is the head of that Wildcat. He may run it. He may throw it. We don't know. You think that a version of a Wildcat, that sounds a little little harsh. I don't know if I, – I didn't, I didn't read it that negatively. That, I, he, he looked lost, absolutely lost. They, they made one stop towards the end of the game, and, and you saw him going nuts, going crazy. But at no point did I think his defense played the way that the, their defense should. Nor, nor do I expect a defense to play like that with a defensive coordinator that's getting so much talk of being a head coach in this league. You know what I mean? I, I would expect that defense, as good as they are with the talent that they have. Now, now I know Nick Bosa's out and all of that. But with as good as they are and the talent that they have, I expect that defense to play a quarterback like Josh Allen a lot better than what they did. Um, yeah, I, th- I but, mean, the Bills, the Bills offense is varied in how it can attack you, and that is, is huge, I think. So if they want to – what do they want to do? They want to play a zone, Allen will pick them apart. They want to play just, just man and have safeties back. I could, good luck playing man on Diggs and Beasley. You want to play – Give help over the top. Somebody else, when John Brown's back, John Brown will burn, burn somebody deep. So I think it's hard for them to – you can't cover everything. You can try to win your matchups. And if the if the quarterback has time to throw, he's going to find somebody. So they, they weren't getting pressure with four. They didn't – I didn't I didn't look this up, but I didn't feel like their blitzes uh, were – they didn't bring that many. If they did, they didn't really get home. Um you kind of pick your poison, and if if you lose your matchups constantly, like what what more can you do? If you send too many on a blitz, they'll pick you apart. And if you 
drop back too many in coverage. He's got too much time to, to pick it apart. That's just good quarterbacking. I agree. I mean, again, Josh Allen is is Josh Allen's becoming that quarterback where maybe you got to plan a little differently on. But again, it, it, it seemed to me like they just did not come out and do enough homework on Josh Allen. Yeah. Seems like maybe they just came out and watched the tape on the last two teams that he's played. They didn't go back and watch that Rams film. They didn't go back and watch the Seattle film. They watched the film for what they did. And and, and we heard a lot of that from uh, Pete Carroll when Buffalo played Seattle. Oh, we expect them to come out and run because that's what they did the week before against New England. It seems yeah, that, like – That was a dumb thing to say. Right. But, but, but I feel like no teams are going back and really looking at what Josh Allen – is really capable of, which is fine. Fine with me. Go ahead. Take, take the kid for granted. Cause the kid's that, that dang good of a quarterback, man. I mean, he but, only had six rushes in this game. I don't know if they were, you know, trying to, to limit more or slow rush or have a spy or something to take away his runs, but whatever they did, it wasn't working. So well, they I, had that I terrible know. third down or second down QB sneak there that uh, everyone I think saw coming. It was just a terrible play call, terrible play call, but Second drive, man, or thir- third drive, I guess you could say. Buffalo gets the ball back again. Drive down the field, 14 plays, 69 yards. Cap it off with a Dawson Knox touchdown. Uh, beautiful block, by the way, by Stephon Diggs to Dolphin yeah. Spring. I don't know how Absolutely. else to describe that 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 jump, but Stephon or uh, Dawson Knox looked like a little dolphin jumping out of water there, getting in the end zone, um, getting another touchdown for himself this year, more than he ever scored in college. And uh, putting Buffalo up again, fourteen to seven, um, before Tyler Bass hit a huge thirty-seven yard field goal to go into halftime. Which, by the way, on that drive with the two-minute drive that Buffalo had. Now, mm-hmm. now, in your opinion, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought if Buffalo would have moved a little bit quicker to start that drive, they could have gotten away with six there because they moved the ball very well there on the 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 last minute of that drive with three timeouts left where they really seem to show no hustle in that first 30 to 45 seconds of that drive. Um, that doesn't, I have to, I have to go back and watch that didn't jump out at me when it was, when it was live. And um, I mean, at the end you were kind of hoping they could at least have a shot at the end zone, but the way it worked out, you take your timeout and you get your field goal and you take three points going into halftime. Um, I don't know. That didn't that didn't stick out to me. Just something that I saw. I mean, I, I feel like we've seen two with the two minute warning again. Just nitpicking on, on on a good game. Felt like we saw it though often with the two minute warning or two minute uh, game plan this year, where they just don't seem to show enough effectiveness, you know, or enough. Uh, I don't want to say effectiveness. That might not be the right word. Um, enough energy. Urgency. Enough. Thank urgency? you. Urgency. Yeah. Great word. Great word. That's why you're in journalism. Great word. Um, urgency from the offense, which, you know, again, they got three. They got away with it. They took a 10-point lead, went into halftime. My biggest fear there on those last uh, – at least on San Francisco's last drive, obviously they had to put it, put it away, was San Francisco possibly going down, getting seven, and then double-dipping on the back drive round. So great job by the defense making a stand and forcing San Francisco there to punt and, and, and getting seven. Um, Buffalo, I, I mean, let's face it. The second quarter is really where Buffalo pulled away, right? They put up 17 points, uh, to, to San Francisco's zero points in the second quarter. And 
that's really what I think sprung this sprung this game into Buffalo's favor into action. Yeah, it was so so impressive. Like we said, the first drive stopped on fourth down. Second drive, mm-hmm. fumble on the one yard line. And after that, did they pack it in? Nope. Next six possessions, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. They didn't punt until there was like three and a half minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. That, that was a statement. And they shook off their third quarter blues. I don't know what they do at halftime, but the third quarter has been terrible all year. This this drive or this game, touchdown, field goal, not bad. I was more impressed by that eleven play, seventy five yard drive in the third quarter for the that that results in the Isaiah McKenzie touchdown than what I was on their first touchdown drive when they went five plays for seventy seven yards. Because we haven't seen that from this offense in the third quarter. Usually this offense comes out the first drive. They seem to stall. And uh, great job. All, all game. Again, I can't give enough credit to Dable and Josh Allen and the entire offense, for that matter, for coming out and being able to hold on to the ball and tire out that defense and do what they needed to do to get a victory. That, that might have been Dable's best called game of the season. Yeah, and uh, we can talk about this when we're done wrapping up the game. But man, you almost, almost, you're like, did Dable put on too good of a show on national television? Is he going to get hired for sure now? Worries me a little bit. Um, but again, we'll see. You know, um, I think, and, and we'll get into it, but I'm going to say this while you brought the point up, Nick. Um, maybe Dable's like, hey, I'm from Buffalo. My wife is from Buffalo. Maybe there's just depending on how far Buffalo gets this year. Maybe there's just that little bit that they were like, no, you know, hey, we made it to the AFC Championship this game. What you know, this year, next year we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm winning one for Buffalo before I leave. <laughs> that would be maybe he grew yeah. he grew up a Bills fan. Like I don't know about you. I, I don't care what a head coaching job could be offering me. If I had the opportunity to sit there and coach for the team that I love growing up, I really don't know if I would leave. But that's just me. I, I might be weird. I think if you were a, a Brian in Brian Dable's shoes, you would take the interview and say, "Terry, they want to pay me seven million dollars to coach the team. I think it's time for a big raise." And then, then yeah. kind of they stay there like that. That would hey, whatever, whatever it takes. Right now, it, it, it's is. Critical of I was of Dable last year, especially in the playoff game and his terrible play call that I felt like last year in the playoff game. This this week alone did a great job of showing me, hey, Buffalo got the lead. What did they do, Nick? What's well, I should say, what didn't they do? Right? They did not come out and run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. No, they came out. Able kept his foot on the gas, allowed Josh Allen to just come out and play Josh Allen football and just continue to leave their foot on the throat mm-hmm. of their opponent, which we have not seen them do in so many games this year. Mm-hmm. I think of the Rams game in particular, where Buffalo could have put that game away so many times, so many times. And they just took their foot off the gas and got conservative and almost lost that game. I you have know, no idea with, if this played into it. with the Arizona game. Yeah, Zach Moss did get benched for a while after that fumble. I think he only played 11 snaps total. 
I want like I have no idea what what they were planning to do. It's possible that not having Moss available kind of helped them out. I said, hey, you know what? We don't have fewer run plays. Just keep passing. Like, put your foot on. This is this is your best your best play as a as a pass. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could run, but you could also throw the ball twenty yards instead of pass, running for four. Just you know, just an idea. Uh, keep doing that every time. Go the, the Bills. By the way, gotta give them credit. They've been great at going for it on fourth down this year in appropriate situations they've been great that's mm-hmm. awesome this team passes at one of the highest rates in the league and goes for it on fourth down when they should this is like the, the bizarro bills but i'm here for it i think everyone's here for it man i think all the bills mafia is here for it um and truthfully i think if you would have told you know me and, and, and i'm sure you because i i feel like you're more of the realist in this in this group here at times. But if you would have told us at the beginning of the year that Josh Allen's going to come out and have this year that he's having, I wouldn't have believed you after what we saw last year. If you would have really come out and told me that this offense was going to be the reason why the Bills won seven games this year, I would have told you, are you crazy? The offense is going to be the reason why the Bills won seven games. The offense is going to be a top five in the league, not the defense. Mm-hmm. I would have thought you nuts. But the Bills' offense is leading the way, and now the defense finally seems like they're gelling. They're getting back healthy. Thank goodness Milano's back because A.J. Klein did not look like a defensive player of the week this week. Missed some Klein, big tackles. Klein played, Klein played more snaps than Milano. He did, but Klein did not look as good this week as what he did last week. Last no, that's week, true. That's true. Last week, I thought he played well. This week, at least from what I saw, and again, just nitpicking, but I did see him miss a couple big tackles. Uh, one big one on third down, he missed a huge tackle in the backfield that, that could have stopped him in fourth down. And Klein missed a huge tackle. Um, last two points I want to make, Nick, mm-hmm. from this game, the beautiful play design for the touchdown to Isaiah McKenzie. Wide open, beautiful, wide open. beautiful play design, beautiful throw, and then the wide open twenty eight yard pass to Gabriel Davis. Another wide open, beautiful play design, beautiful throw, great catch, touchdown. Give sec. Gabe Davis is looking like he could be a threat in this league as maybe a number two, two wide out, and he's doing a great job right now. I feel stepping in for John Brown and giving Buffalo mm-hmm. a, a a little bit different than what John Brown would give them. Yeah, Brown's gonna miss at least one more game on IR, and um, and he, when he got hurt earlier in the year, you're like, man, they've really missed John Brown out there. And then now you see the rookies growing, and you're like, oh yeah, they did that without John Brown. Josh threw for three seventy five and four without John Brown. Not mm-hmm. bad. No, I I think, uh, and again, Cole Beasley helps that. Cole Beasley helps that situation. Having a number one receiver like Stephon Diggs. Absolutely helps in that situation. By the way, Stefan digs over a thousand yards this week. So kudos to him. Mm-hmm. He's looking like the real deal. And I think it's safe to say Buffalo. I would say Buffalo won that trade, but Justin Jefferson's looking very good for Minnesota. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. He, they, they're lucky with that. Like it should have mm-hmm. been uh, a bad trade, and they're just, they're getting incredible play from Jefferson, who's bailing them out basically making it look like it was a good trade for both sides when uh talent wise the bills got the better end of the deal if jefferson was 
even a normal first round rookie who was good but not great, it would be a very bad trade. I think the fact that Jefferson is incredibly impressive is uh, very fortunate for Minnesota. I think so too. Um, again, I think at the end of the day, that was just a great trade on on both sides. I think Stefan Diggs obviously was what Buffalo needed, and you know, Minnesota was able to go get another another good wide receiver to complement uh, Thielen. However, they're in a little bit of a different situation than where Buffalo is. And I don't think I will say this: I don't think Stefan Diggs in Minnesota does what he's doing right now in Buffalo. I, uh, you're looking at two yeah. different quarterbacks there. You're looking at a Kirk Cousins and you're looking at a Josh Allen. And I, I think I, I will say, I think that Stephon Diggs is making Josh Allen this quote unquote elite quarterback that he is becoming. Of course, but, of course, the hell. But he is, but he is not. He he would not be considered as elite as what he is this year, Stephon Diggs, if he stayed in Minnesota. I don't. I don't think at least. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of people who thought he was the second best receiver on that team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely, and and but you look at that offense too in Minnesota. That offense is is controlled by Dalvin Cook. That is Dalvin Cook's offense. Whereas Stephon Diggs now, I mean, for what we thought was going to be more of a run happy offense, he's more of a very pass happy offense. I mean, look, Josh Allen just is coming off the game where he threw for threw the ball forty times. Which, speaking of that, forty times, thirty two for forty. With a couple 80, throwaways in there, right? With with a thirty percent, or I'm sorry, eighty percent completion percentage, when no one thought Josh Allen could ever be a sixty percent completion percentage quarterback. I mean, yeah, but you, I, you've seen how many times there it helps throwing to Diggs and beat like Stefan Diggs makes a sick catch on the sideline every single game that the mm-hmm. guys weren't making last year. He's you know that, mm-hmm. that's a first down, that's fifteen yards, whatever whatever it is. Every single week, that was just a drop or an incompletion last year, or the guy couldn't stay in bounds, or just something, or Josh, you know, made a little bit worse of a throw. Those guys, there's been so many contested catches this year. Stefan Diggs did something every single week that you're like, "Wow, that guy's incredible!" Right. Every week, great toe drag, by the way. Two great toe drags this game. One, mm-hmm. one by Cole Beasley, one by Stefan Diggs. My wife was actually sitting watching. In a little bit of the game with me, and she looks at me. And she goes, "He didn't catch that." I go, "Oh, yes, he did." <laughs> what beautiful yeah. toe! As Nate Burleson would say on Good Morning Football, a beautiful toe drag swag by Stefan Diggs. Beautiful toe drag swag by 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 Cole Beasley as well. That's um, becoming a Josh Allen staple play. Scramble out, keep rolling, keep rolling. Just fire the ball like two yards out of bounds and hope someone can make a toe tap catch. And it happens almost every week. But okay, Nick, if if you were in receiving great great catches aside, you know, obviously we know where their faults were last year. A lot of drops, a lot of problems. Josh Allen took a lot of heat for those drops last year because he wasn't leading his receivers, it seemed like. This year he's doing a better job of leading the receivers, forcing them into open spaces, doing a better job making decisions with the football. But coming into this year, if someone told you that Josh Allen would be at nearly 70%, 70% completion percentage, would you – would you believe it? I mean, I would. I would have thought 
they must have been scheming that somehow. It must have been a lot of screens or a lot of something quick and easy to kind of boost that percentage artificially. I would. Th- this is this has been an extremely impressive year from Josh Allen. You know what, Charlie? I think they're gonna pick up his fifth year option. That was a that was a talking point before the season. Like if things go bad, they might not. Pick. I think that one's safe. You know whose fifth year option is probably not being picked up? Who's that? Sam Darnold. Oh, that's an interesting debate. I, I, would, I, well, I, I think it just depends what their what their next year's coach thinks. I don't think they're going to change their coach next year, Nick. Oh my! I mean, I hope you're right, but like they well, have. Like, okay, not to get off topic, but I have to say this as well. They're threatening to go zero and sixteen. How can you not if, fire the coach? Because if you're going to fire your coach, you would have fired your head coach over your defensive coordinator, or fired them both. Just said that's it. You're both gone. All right, my take is that they needed a fall guy for how ridiculous that cover zero blitz was that lost them the game, and they needed a fall guy, and Greg Williams was the fall guy. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, it, yes, it was Greg Greg Williams' stupid play call that uh, that led to that stupid play and took their one win away from them, potential win. Um, also, I don't know what that corner was doing, like – he just got beat. I mean, if you Henry Ruggs just ran a great route, a quick stop and go. Well, yeah, but like you if know? he beats you short, so what? Don't right. give up over the top. Like, why are you trying to jump that route? Yeah, I mean, this Jets gonna Jets, man. Jets gonna um, Jets. But hey, you know what? Gase at the end of the Gase. day, Gase gonna Gase. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I mean, I'm not mad if Gase is back next year. But I have a I have a crazy feeling. I mean, I I, I have a crazy feeling that. If they wanted to get rid of him, they would have got rid of him and uh, Greg Williams together. They would have just said, "Okay, Greg, you're gone, and we're going to keep Gase around to the end of the year." Because what are they? They're still going to pay him this year, whether he's fired or he's there. You know what I mean? They still got to pay him through next year. I believe he's got yeah, a contract think, through next year as well. Yeah, after the start of the year was so pitifully bad. Like if they didn't fire him after. The zero and six, zero and seven range, like they were, they seemed just committed to him for for the year. So, mm-hmm. like in the betting markets, he was he was always the the best odds for first coach to get fired. I was like, no, like you, your good money bet there was Patricia because he mm-hmm. was lousy. And if the Jets were going to fire Gates, they would have they they had so many chances to do it before that. And so my feeling was that they, they they've decided we're keeping Gates just through the season, and they just somebody had to be the fall guy, and they said, okay, well, it's it's Greg. You know, to back up my point of why I think Gase will be back next year, Gase could have – again, they could have fired him week six, week seven, fine. We're in a different time, right? We're in a, a, a COVID era right now where teams aren't really making much money. So depending on what the Jets have coming in next year – are you going to want to pay a coach who's in his, I believe it next year says last year of his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but would you want to have to pay him that last year to go sit on the bench or to go, you know, coach somewhere else? I don't think Gase gets another coaching job, but a offensive quality coach job and you're still paying him to not coach your team, to coach against you? Um, yeah, listen, if, if the Jets think that they're drafting Trevor Lawrence – you cannot tell me they're going to keep Adam Gase as the coach for Trevor Lawrence. Stranger things have happened, man. It's 2020. I mean, it's the Jets. The Jets, in my opinion, are becoming the Cleveland Browns right now. 
what the Cleveland Browns were uh, years ago. I'm still, by the way, not all on the Cleveland Browns wagon. I'm not hitching any kind of of trailers to that wagon at all right now. Um, they have a negative 15 point differential at nine and three. That's amazing. I think they're a good team. They're not a great team. The only thing that scares me about them is their their run game. That's it. Their run game scares me. If Buff has to play them in the playoffs, they have a two-headed monster in the backfield between Kareem Hunt and Chubb, and their run game scares me. I think Baker is eh, and Baker just had a good good game this past week. I watched the game this week because it was on in Buffalo on Sunday. He had open guys all over the field. He mm-hmm. he he was he was slinging it. He looked good, but I did not have the impression that this was top notch quarterbacking. I, I thought the defense had a pretty pretty poor coverage a lot of times. He had some wide open guys. Guys were he had a couple long passes. The guys just really bit up on. I thought he like he probably walked off the field feeling great about it because it was just easy. But I, I did not have the impression that Baker was really you know carving up this defense. No, me neither. Me neither. Um, but again, you know, good for him. Good game. Glad to see the class of, uh, you know, 2017 come out here doing something as, as, you know, with the quarterback class. Um, but Josh Allen, man, he's fourth in the league in completion percentage. Not something that I was expecting this year. Um, you know, I, I want to go back and listen to what we dropped early on in the year with what we thought Josh Allen would finish (laughs) with. Cause I'll tell you what, I don't think I had Josh Allen throwing for 26 touchdowns. Um, and I don't think I had Josh Allen sitting at eight interceptions through 12 games this year. You know what I mean? Going into week 14, uh, if you were to tell me Josh Allen has 26 touchdowns, potential getting to 30 this year, and and had only eight interceptions sitting in single digits, I would have, again, told you you were crazy. I was not expecting this year at all, in case anyone can't tell. I was not expecting it. I know you were not expecting it, Nick. I think half of Bill's mafia was not expecting Josh Allen to take this leap. I think we were expecting a leap forward, but not to where he has played this year. I mean, the people who were expecting this were like the overly fanboy people that you make fun of. Like there was not a ton of rational basis that would lead you to believe he would have suddenly become an MVP after what he was the last two years. MVP candidate, I guess. Like, like that, the guys that, that who draft was, every Bills fan in fantasy. Every yeah. Bills player in fantasy. Yeah, yeah like it was – no one legitimately saw this coming. I don't think you Mm-mm. can claim. Mm-mm. No, I, I I, mean, again, I, I sure as heck didn't. I had that conversation with a lot of people early on, you know, a lot of my friends saying, look, I don't think – I think Buffalo will be good. I didn't even think that Buffalo would, would potentially win the AFC East. You know, I thought that the Jets could maybe give them some competition. But obviously, we see where that has gone. I was dead wrong on that. Wow! If that was um, one of your takes, maybe we should not go back and find the other. One. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I I do I do want to see what what we said. I think we both had Josh Allen about 20, 24 to 20, 28 touchdowns on the year, which he's obviously going to beat that, um, barring anything crazy. But who knows, man? I, I mean, Buffalo's in in the driver's seat at this point. Josh Allen, again, very, very good game this week. And I'm expecting a big game from him next week against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, let me ask you this question, Nick. Buffalo's going back-to-back primetime games. Their last you, – you can you can call 
the Titans game a quote-unquote primetime game? I don't think so. That game was moved. Same thing with the Chiefs game. That game was moved. That wasn't really a primetime game. So, in my opinion, Josh Allen right now is sitting at two and two in prime or, or two and zero oh in primetime games uh, in the last two seasons. You look at the uh, the game against. Um, uh, You're not kind of the Chiefs game. No, because that was five o'clock. That's not prime time. That's dinner time. That's supposed to be prime time. Supposed supposed to be and is are two different things. That's my in my opinion. Now, interesting. Everyone, everyone can say what they want, but. Josh Allen had played great in primetime last year against the Cowboys, had a very good, great primetime game this year against the uh, 49ers, has another primetime game coming up this week against the Steelers, uh, another one in two weeks against the Patriots, and potentially one more depending on what happens between now and week 17 maybe even one more week 17 against Miami. That game could be flexed to Sunday night, depending on what happens and if the division's on the line at that point. Um, with all of that said, Nick, how do you feel about primetime games right now? How do you feel wh- – where's your confidence level in Buffalo primetime games? Because I'll tell you, for me, my confidence level with Buffalo in primetime games when I saw all these primetimes this season scared me. I think – Given that Sean McDermott is all about trusting the process, he seems like a guy who is would love to play at 1 o'clock Sunday every single week. And I will tell you, because I looked this up last week, do you know the Bills are 7-0 at 1 o'clock Sunday games this year? 7-0. Uh, I did know that. Someone I saw that someone else tweeted that out as well. Um, so they clearly like that routine of it. Um, I I don't. I'm gonna say my my take is I don't care because it's so cool when the Bills do well on prime time. This was their first Monday Night Football win since 1999. Okay, every other team in the league had won at least one Monday Night Football game since then. 1999. There were people who woke up on Tuesday morning who didn't know what it was like to have the team win on Monday Night Football. The entire world, the football world, watched. Monday Night Football. There's a lot of good teams out there that you just don't happen to see. If you're not watching all the film, you just these teams fly under the radar. And people in the national conscience are probably, just being honest, not going out of their way to watch Buffalo. And when you no. get your chance and you get the flex on Monday Night Football, are you kidding? That was awesome. Play every game, as far as I'm concerned, in prime time and let people talk about how good Buffalo is. Do you think if this game was played at San Francisco, it would be a different, different game? Um, Josh Allen actually had some interesting quotes about how much he enjoyed playing indoors and all the, you know, how good of a feel he had on the football and everything. So that was interesting to me just to read. Given that they, I was like, oh, he's he's got the arm. He's what we need in the cold weather. And he's like, yeah, I loved it in this dome. It was great. Uh, so San Francisco, I think, is an outdoor stadium, so maybe he's not quite as good. I don't know, but I I think the Bills the, the Bills would have beat the Chiefs anywhere. You know, I th- you mean the 49ers, Nick. The Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be, they yes, have to be was, the Chiefs outside. Yeah, I was uh, thinking. I don't know what I was thinking there. Getting me a little excited. I'm like, ooh, beat the Chiefs. Yes, I like that. Um, like the way that sounds. Um, 
so we're, we're talking how great the offense was, Nick. We got we, we do need to touch on the defense because one thing, one hill that I have been standing on uh, for the last couple of weeks, and if you guys listen, you all know that I've said it week in, week out. I need to see more out of Hyde, Poyer, and White. Yep. And could we we have not seen a lot of that in the last. Um, Were you pleased this of, week, Charlie? You got Nick, I was, you got everything I, in your Christmas list. <laughs> I, I really did, except the Super Bowl. Give me a Super Bowl, and then, then we, you know, hopefully Santa's listening. Uh, deliver deliver me a Super Bowl, and while you're at it, drop a ring off at the house on your way back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with that. I was happy with the way that they all played. I was happy to see um, Josh Allen. I'm sorry, I'm going right back to the offense, man. I'm so excited about Josh Allen and this offense, how well they played. I was happy to see Trey White get one. If I'm not mistaken, um, Trey White was one for one, if I'm not mistaken. He had one ball thrown his way and one interception. I didn't see that, but that's amazing. I mean, it seemed like they were throwing um, at Levi Wallace intentionally to not throw a Trey. Very, very, it's very possible. I mean, Levi Wallace, since you brought him up, Levi Wallace looked bad this week, Nick. They, Buffalo needs to do something about that because Levi Wallace has not looked good in a lot of games, and teams are starting to target him again. It seemed like every completed pass that there was in this game, and, and maybe it just seemed that way because he was playing so bad, but it seemed like every pass was um, because Wallace was there. Wallace was the nearest mm-hmm. defender. I don't blame uh, people for not wanting to throw a tray, but it did seem like I mean they must have went at Wallace a dozen times. It it see it absolutely seemed that way for sure. I mean, Wallace just got beat up and beat up. Um I mean there there's people that are calling to move Johnson to the outside. I don't agree with that. I don't think I think listen, I I don't know that Josh Norman is actually 100% healthy yet. I still think when he's ready to go, he's their guy. What do you think about Dane Jackson being your number two on the outside? He's Dane he, has earned himself another opportunity at the least, I'll say. Okay. I agree with you on that. I think definitely need to give him another chance to see what he could do. Um, I do like Dane Jackson. I think stepping in and seeing what he can do with that number two role, uh, at least through the season. And P- Pittsburgh you know, has dangerous receivers all the way across. You might need the extra corners this week. Pittsburgh's had a tough time holding on to the ball, um, which – I guess maybe this is my biggest thing with Poyer and Hyde and White was they never seemed to, which we saw a lot last year, right? When the ball was tipped or the ball was in the air, one of the three of them were there to, to, to get the ball. It seems like this year the ball's tipped and no one's there to, to get it. Um, maybe that that's why I've been knocking them so much because I was so used to seeing them over the years picking up these interceptions that, that have been there and there was just nothing. They're not there. They're not around the ball. They're not surrounding the ball. Um, and Buffalo's just not able to come up with those big interceptions, but they did this week. Yeah. I thought, I mean, you, you said everyone in the secondary outside of Wallace that had a nice game. I thought the defensive line maybe had their best game of the year. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They seemed to set the edge. I thought uh, AJ Epinesa actually seemed like he had some positive plays, which is a nice, nice improvement for him. Uh, Harrison Phillips seemed like he got in some more in the second half. There, 
Mm-hmm. I would like to see more out of him. That could be a good a sign of good things to come. And then the I mean, I still gotta give another shout out. Jermaine Edmonds, heck of a game. Really nice. I think so. Tremaine Edmonds had a great game. Tremaine Edmonds had a great game, and he looks like he's back and he is healthy. And 94 as well, um, the defensive tackle. I th- think that's Vernon Butler. Yes, he, he was in the backfield on two important plays that I noticed him in particular. That was probably Vernon Butler's best game in a Buffalo uniform, hands down. Not even close. Um, okay, so Nick, I going into this week, a couple things, right? So – before actually, I take that back. Before I move on to this week, I need to say one thing. Corey Bohorka has redeemed himself <laughs> in Arizona after having that horrid twelve-yard <laughs> punt in the dome in Arizona. He came out and absolutely knocked the laces off the ball. Sixty-eight-yard punt, completely flipping the field at that point. But wow, what a kick by Bohorka! As to you know, was one punt of the game. But he was definitely not going to let it go to waste, and it was way so better that, than that was. That was the so. real, the real redemption story of Bills going back to Arizona. <laughs> the punter, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and that, and you know, ESPN had to throw in the stupid hail mary at the end, like, "Oh, look what happened." Yeah, well, the game's not close. So mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about a hail mary. Yeah, and um, in the open, they had wide right in there. Thanks. Yeah, they had that in the open as well, of course, and they had to show how great San Francisco used to be. Mm-hmm. But hey, Buffalo's right, so- on their. Buffalo's yeah, on the way. I, I gave one more shot before we move on. Defense, two goal line stands in a 10-point game. Incredible. Uh, I think it was it was, it was was Micah Hyde had the tackle on the goal line that got uh, reviewed, was initially called a touchdown. They reviewed it. He stuffed this guy in his tracks on, like, the two-inch line. The ball never crossed. And then uh, then right after that, the, Bill, the Bills uh, stopped them, stopped them short. Two huge plays from the defense. You just got to feel so good going forward. You stop them on the goal line twice in the two-score game. That's that's the difference right there. You got to feel a lot of confidence. Even the total numbers, I know they were over 400 yards. You got to feel good about that. And some of those yards, don't forget, came in garbage time. I mean, I feel like sometimes the yardage stat is so misconstrued because you look at – the big important throws that Josh Allen made, right? Josh Allen's throws were different throws that got Josh Allen to over 300 yards passing. Whereas the throws that Mullins had were not as effective, I guess is probably the best word to call it. Wasn't They, they weren't effective throws, whereas Josh Allen's throws were effective. They were first downs. They were touchdowns. They kept drives alive. They kept the ball moving. Uh, Mullins was a lot of garbage time yardage that he gained. Um, and then obviously there was some there, a um, couple touchdowns. But other than that, I, I, I thought that if you look at the effectiveness of each quarterback's throws and which quarterback made more meaningful throws, Josh Allen obviously led the way in that. And, and, and sometimes you get, you get the yardage a little bit confused. But that's, that's just it. me. That's just All right, so this week you had a really interesting Twitter question. Let's bring it up. So, Nick, I had I put up a poll. If you haven't haven't answered yet, it's it's through. Actually, it would probably be expired by the time this comes out. But uh, we had a lot of people voting on our poll at the underscore process pod on Twitter. If you don't follow us, get on there, hit the follow button. 
on the good old Twitterverse. Um, so we, we had a nice amount of people vote, about 50 votes so far, Nick. We have still about 12 hours left in the voting. Uh, so about 9 o'clock tomorrow, this, tomorrow morning. This would be on Thursday morning. Uh, this will expire. But I did ask this week, if Kansas City loses to Miami this week, the Bills will be one game behind first place in the NFC. Now, obviously, they do need to beat Pittsburgh. Um, I'm assuming I not. By the way, I'm picking them to beat Pittsburgh. But Kansas City still has New Orleans and Atlanta on their schedule. Okay? If Miami loses, Buffalo comes closer to clinching the AFC East. So, with all of that said, who are you picking? Who are you cheering for this weekend? Are you cheering for Kansas City? Or are you cheering for Miami? Or, I, I did put a third option in there. Of can both these teams just lose? All right. So you want me to, to share my answer or you want to go first? So I'm kind of on the the third answer, right? Like, can both these teams just lose? You're hoping for a tie. I'm hoping for a tie, something. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I, I, I just could never cheer on the Dolphins. Um and I, 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 I just think Kansas City's too good. I mean, plain and simple. I would love to see Buffalo get first place in the AFC, but I don't feel like it's realistic for them. All right. I dug into some of the numbers here. I am – well, first I'm going to preface this. It really depends what happens in the Bills game because if the Bills lose this game, you're like, oh, no, we need Miami to definitely lose. But it doesn't work that way because the Bills play Sunday night. I am telling you – I feel good about about the Bills. I would say pull for the Dolphins, and here's why. Dolphins win, they would move up to 9-4. and four. The Bills would be 9-3, and three, they'd have a half-game lead. I feel good enough about the Bills where I would say, even if the Dolphins win this game, the Bills are still winning the division. And I think, like you said earlier, we saw this week, this team has Super Bowl potential when everything's going right. And if you really want to get to the Super Bowl, get the bye in the first week. That is the absolute best way to get to the Super Bowl is have a bye in week one. And this year, only the number one seed can have gets a bye. And that sucks, but that's what we're playing with. So if you're going for the number one seed because you want that Super Bowl, right now, Pittsburgh 11-1, Kansas City 11-1, Buffalo 9-3. If, if Buffalo beats Pittsburgh this week, they'll be one game behind Pittsburgh. And if Kansas City loses this game, there'll be one game behind Kansas City. So the rest of the year, you need Kansas City and Pittsburgh to lose one more game, and you need the Bills to win out, which is possible given their schedule. It's pretty easy after this. It's Denver, New England, Miami. Not Okay, maybe not easy is the wrong word. It's They're all winnable games. I think it, New England, by the way, real quick, Nick, on that list, I think New England is probably – other than Miami, I think New England's probably the most winnable game. I don't think Cam Newton is playing that well. He had under 100 yards passing this week, and their defense and special teams are what won them that game and mm-hmm. to a 45 nothing shutout over the Chargers. Continue. I, I feel uh, Denver. Denver does not scare <clears throat> me in any way. Really, Denver. Denver scares me a little bit. I feel like their defense is better than advertised. I think their quarterback is lousy. Drew Locke stinks. Yes, but. And, and, and I guess, and I guess, I need to stop trying to worry about the defense because Josh Allen just showed what he could do against a good defense. I, uh, you know, what? I mean, we can talk about this next week. I'm interested to see how long Tyler Bass can kick from at Denver. Ooh. 
we'll get back to that. So if the games go that way this week, you need one more loss from Pittsburgh and one more loss from Kansas City. It's possible all three of those teams could tie at 13-3 and three for first place. Then you go mm-hmm. to the tiebreakers. First tiebreaker, division doesn't apply. Head-to-head sweep wouldn't apply because Kansas City and Pittsburgh don't play each other this year, so that one's out. Third one, you go to conference record. If these games happen and the uh, Kansas City and Pittsburgh lose to the right teams, you could have them all 10-2 and two in the conference. Then you go to common games. Guess what? They, all three teams don't have enough common games to apply common games. You go to the fifth tiebreaker, strength of victory, the winning percentage of the teams you beat. And if the Bills take this week, they beat an 11-win team, they beat New England, they beat Miami, those are strength of victory could fall their way. I think it's possible, and I'm trying to will this to happen. It's possible. If you want the number one seed, yeah. I think if you're the Bills and you're thinking Super Bowl, you want any shot possible at that bye week. I think you're rooting for Miami to beat the Chiefs. That's just my take. So let me ask you this, Nick. Looking at Kansas City's you know, schedule, after this week, Kansas City has and, – and we'll look at Pittsburgh's schedule as well. Kansas City has New Orleans – and Atlanta on their schedule. I don't think Atlanta can be taken as lightly as what Atlanta has been taken. I think Atlanta's still a, I don't want to say good team, but they're not a terrible team. I think they have a, a, a very good offense. At times their offense has looked elite, and at times their offense has looked like the Bills in the mid-2000s. Um, but I think Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. They still have a good running game, and they still have great receivers. Um and we've seen what good receivers can do to this to this Kansas City defense. New Orleans, it's possible at that point, mm-hmm. Drew Brees is back. So, looking at the remaining games for Kansas City, do you do you see them other than if they lose against Miami? Do you see them losing another game here? Um, I mean, listen, we said that they're the Super Bowl favorite. They're going to be favored in every game that they play. If I think between the Saints, the Falcons, and the Chargers. It's not likely that they're going to lose one, but it could totally happen. And why would you, I don't know, if why would you not try to hope for that and try to get the buy? I would think, even though it does decrease your odds, I guess, of winning the division, you want the best odds at winning the Super Bowl, and that's getting the buy. So for me, that's what you're playing for. Well, Okay. Okay. I mean, I agree. I think right now that's what they're playing for, right? Like that's where you're still eyeing that first round by. It's still mm-hmm. there. It's not mathematically out of the way. So yes, I think so. I don't think Kansas City loses this week to Miami. I think they're just the superior team. Unless Tua comes out and looks like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see them losing. I don't think Miami's def- or offense is good enough to keep up with the offense of Kansas City. Although I didn't think Denver's offense would be good enough to keep up with Kansas City's offense. Miami's defense has been good, though. If you can slow down the offense somehow, if maybe they can figure out the way, they got a shot. And Mike Gusecki's playing pretty well with Tua right now, so so that offense could be could be a little bit more dangerous than what we thought there, Miami. But I, I do think Kansas City wins that or wins that game fairly easily, mm-hmm. which does still help the Bills. Don't forget, Nick. That does still help the Bills. Um, if Buffalo can win this week against Pittsburgh, uh, they can clinch a playoff spot 
here we are, week 14. Buffalo can clinch a playoff spot in week 14 with this a Baltimore helped. with a Baltimore loss. Obviously, they need a Baltimore loss, Miami loss, Vegas loss, New England loss, or tie. So there's still a way to clinch your playoff spot this week, which would be great. Awesome. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm okay with Kansas City winning that game. I, I personally do not think that Miami can beat Kansas City. However, I will say on the other side, you look at Pittsburgh, I think Buffalo could at least get to that number two spot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you look at Pittsburgh's schedule, they still have Buffalo. Pittsburgh still has to play um, a good Colts team who have been up and down, but they're still a playoff team as of right now. Um, still, a, still a decent team. And they still have to play a good Browns team. And I'll tell you what, right now, Miles Garrett put out that the Browns have left that that door wide open for him. You know, yeah, again, I we think- just talked about Cleveland. We talked about how Cleveland's got that uh, minus 15-point differential. But anything's possible, man. We talk about it every single week on mm-hmm. the show. Any given Sunday, good teams can look really bad, and bad teams could look good. I think if you are looking for wins there, I think it would work in the Bills' favor that Indy and Cleveland might both be fighting for playoff spots at the end of this season when they're going against Pittsburgh. I think finding another loss for Kansas City is obviously the harder of the two there. So they play the Saints. It could happen. Maybe something happens. Tyrod Taylor starts Week 17 for the Chargers, does the Bills a huge favor. Just putting it out there. Who knows? It could happen. Dude, if Tyrod helps the Bills, I would break out all my Tyrod stuff. Um, but in, in all honesty, Nick, let's face it. Let's get to this week. Buffalo needs to beat Pittsburgh. Like, can't look too far ahead. Buffalo needs to beat Pittsburgh. This game, in my opinion, is equally as big as what this past week was against uh, the 49ers. Buffalo needs to come out, win this game again on primetime, continue that statement that they made on Monday night and continue to grow the bandwagon, can keep the wagon circling. Um, you know, right now looking at the and, – and things could change, but this was as of today on the injury report. It does look like um, Joe Hayden may be out. Joe Hayden's currently uh, – did not practice today with a concussion. Uh, Chris Wormley, uh, Wormley, the defensive end, did not practice today with an illness. Um, and Robert Spillane. The linebacker who came in for Bud Dupree is also now hurt. Uh, he's currently out with a knee. They do not think he will be ready to go. He may have to miss a couple weeks. Um, on Buffalo's side, Quan Johnson and Quentin Jefferson both both missed practice today. Andre Roberts and you know Jake Fromm were obviously were limited. Um, Josh Allen and Feliciano were both full goes. So uh, nicely, Buffalo's injury list is finally getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Matt Milano is finally off of that injury list. Hopefully we see a little bit more of him this week. Um, James Conner also came off of the COVID list today, so they may have him ready to go uh, Sunday night against the Bills. What are your thoughts this week? Uh, What are Buffalo's keys? Because let's face it, Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger this year have been a quick pass offense. Mm -hmm. And from what I have seen, again, with my – eyes of, of being a fan i've never you know i don't know the x's knows like some people out there that listen to our show may but looking at the games that i've seen buffalo seems to struggle against those quick pass offenses um 
much of like what we saw New England do for years and years and years with Tom Brady. Yeah, I think honestly, Pittsburgh's biggest issue the last couple of weeks has been they cannot run the ball. And that's the bigger issue on Buffalo's defense. Is they can't really stop the run. If, mm-hmm. if the run game is not an issue, I, I don't really mind Buffalo's matchups in pass coverage, especially if you know that you don't need to uh, be looking to stop the run too much. So Ben is obviously very good, still very good, Hall of Fame player, not quite what he used to be. He's looking to get the ball out quick. He doesn't want to take the hits. I kind of I, – I think that's all right. I think the Bills match up okay there. I think what I'm worried about in this game is the offense going against a top-notch defense. And the, mm-hmm. the Steelers have a great defense. You know that they're ready for this game. They just lost – just lost the Washington of all teams. They're going to be a little bit upset about that. And it's, it's a, it's a prime-time game. You know that the Steelers are going to be looking to throw something at the Bills that they haven't seen yet. They're going to be looking – to throw Josh Allen off his game, they're going to do something different, try to hit him, try to do something. Um, and they have playmakers all over the place. So Minka Fitzpatrick gets to try this. Uh, I don't know what they're going to, they're going to do with coverage, um, but the Steelers' defense is probably the best defense the Bills are going to face this year, right? Or one of, if not the best, the second or third best. Like This is going to be a challenge for the offense. The offense has impressed us this year by meeting in – exceeding almost every challenge, but this mm-hmm. is going to be a big one. And that, that's what I'm looking for this week. I think so. I, I think we'll see what kind of step Josh Allen really makes. Obviously Josh Allen has, has been compared a lot to Ben Roethlisberger, um, which, which he took as a compliment today. He said he sees Ben Roethlisberger being a first ballot hall of famer. So any kind of comparison to him is, is a huge compliment to Josh and his game. Um, obviously it's a size thing. I think, I, I, I think Josh Allen is kind of a unique quarterback in my own mind, but I could definitely see the resemblance between him and him and Ben. Um, but again, I, I think that if Josh Allen can come out and have a game like what he had this past week, Singletary kind of got going a little bit towards the end of the game, you know, not a great game. The rushing attack for Buffalo has not been great this year. And that is one thing that scares me going down the stretch and into the playoffs is they need to get the running game going somehow and keep that running game. I wouldn't say keep them going, but start to get effective. And the one thing that right now is working in Buffalo's favor is they're getting healthy at the right time, Nick. They're getting healthy Mm -hmm. towards the end of the year. And they were able to escape the 49ers game without any major injuries. Um, And they were able to, um, uh, you know, start getting all their guys who are on IR back. They're going to still get John Brown back, hopefully, it sounds like. John Brown will be back, hopefully, for the, the, the Denver game, maybe the Patriots game. Maybe they hold them out another week. Um, we'll see what happens there. Now, with all of that said, the one thing that Buffalo also has working in their favor, which is also why I feel like they can possibly make a run in the playoffs, Buffalo's starting to get hot at the right time. Teams that are successful in the playoffs get hot um, at the end of the season. Buffalo's mm-hmm. getting hot at the right time. At least, obviously, it was one game I get, but they're getting hot right now. And I think they're going to keep that streak going. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. And I don't. I, and maybe I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic here. I think Andre Roberts is going to have one, either a punt or a kick return. He's going to take one to the house because he's due for one this year. Okay, and I think 
I, I think this is going to be a game where the offense, again, says, let's go, get on my back. We're, I'm leading you guys to victory. And the offense is going to, going to take them and move down the field, put up some points. Um, and truthfully, I, I think that uh, Pittsburgh is going to struggle a little bit offensively. I'm curious to see how much they use James Conner coming back from COVID, what kind of shape he's in coming back from COVID-19, and, um, and how he looks as a whole. Obviously, their running game hasn't looked great. Benny Snell hasn't ran the ball well for them as number two back. Um, and Buffalo's defense finally looks like they're, they're coming together. They're finally starting to look like that defense that everyone thought that they'd be this year. So I think Buffalo's going to win this game, and I think they're going to win the game by a couple touchdowns. By a couple touchdowns? Wow. A couple touchdowns, Nick. A couple touchdowns. All right. Not, what's, what's, what's your couple. I'll, I'll, I'll probably – I'm going to go 24 to 10. 24 to 10. 24 All to right. 10. I was thinking a closer game, but a little bit lower scoring. I was going to say 25, 21. Wow. 25. You know what? I, okay. But I always do this. I always like pick, pick a new <laughs> number. That's like a, there's going to be field goals. The Bills defense is pretty good. I think it forcing field goals and not going to touchdowns. I'll say 25, 20 instead. Okay. Okay. I can right, see. In, uh, in your take, what, what was your take was a punt return touchdown? Power turn touchdown from Andre Roberts this year. All right. This, this my, my take for the game, this is a Sunday night game. NBC has a feature that they put put out sometimes for kickers. And they uh, – I don't know how this is done. I'm assuming it's uh, some kind of flight tracking like the golf, golf would use for drives. But they track field goals and they tell you, you know, the launch angle, you know, and, and the, the key thing is how many yards this would have been good from. And I think that's pretty cool. My take is you're going to see Tyler Bass have a kick that would have been good from more than 65 yards. Dude, I feel like Tyler Bass's extra points. If you like listen, I don't know how loud you put your TV up during the game, but like I have like the surround sound going during the game, so I feel okay. like I could hear everything. If you listen real close to when he even on an extra point, he puts like his whole foot into that. And just gets. I feel like his extra points would be good from sixty. Is it? Is this the? the, Are they picking up more sound because it's empty stadiums? I mean, maybe. I, 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 truthfully, I forgot what it sounds like kicking in a stadium with people in it. Um, but he's just man. His kick is just unbelievable. How much power he has Mm -hmm. behind that kick. Um, I, 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 to to your point, I want to find this out before next week's game against uh denver that's something we need to look up what was his longest field goal it, it, did he ever play out west and what was the longest longest kick out west i'm curious to see where he uh how well he did up in the mountains in that thin air um and i'm curious to see what he could do out there in denver he's Hopefully got to get a video of that he's got the strength i mean we could be talking about uh possibly like an nfl record length for a field goal he's got the leg for it. I don't know if he's got the finesse yet, but he's got the strain. If Buffalo's up, what's the record enough, right now? Is it 67? I think 66, 67. Yeah. I, if Buffalo's up by enough, I, I hope that McDermott gives him a chance. You know, not, yeah. not, not like a 10 game. If you're up against Denver by, you know, 21 or 30, not that I don't know if they'll be up that much, but if you're up by a lot against Denver, or if you're in like the last, minute and a half of the game and you're up by two touchdowns. Um, I'm all for giving him a chance at that point to see if he can knock one in from 70. 
who was it? Was Sebastian Akowski got got to like try a super long one the one year and just totally shanked it? Does that ring a bell or uh, not? Yeah, yeah, no, it was Jankowski. Jankowski, you're right. Yeah, for the Raiders. All right. Well, we got a week to worry about that still. We're both picking the Bills to win this week. And, man, week 14, and they have clinching scenarios. That's, that's man. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. So I have a question for you before we go. Mm -hmm. I was flipping through uh, Twitter and – you know, this evening uh, while we've been on. Um, by the way, real quick side note, some breaking news from Buffalo Fanatics. The Bills are visiting with Lafayette Pitts today. Sounds like they may be looking to maybe bring him in, uh, maybe practice squad. We'll have to see where they decide to use him uh, cool. in the long run. Anyway, was flipping through Twitter today, and I saw Bruce Nolan tweeted out something interesting um, that – I want to ask you and see what you think. Okay. Okay. So Bruce Nolan said, let me go to his tweet here. So Bruce Nolan said on the shout podcast, which is with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, uh, who, if, by the way, if you guys don't follow them on Twitter, they're, they're great follows um, on the shout podcast with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. He said that Jerry Hughes is on his way to being a wall of famer for the bills. Wow, that's – I would – I just, like, I didn't his, have that, feel, that feeling. Here's his reasons. It. Okay. Here's his reasons, okay? Longevity with the team. Mm-hmm. Productiveness. Identity okay. more connected to this franchise than any other, which he came from the Colts, which, by the way – Buffalo won that trade when that happened. <laughs> At least I don't even think I can't even remember who Buffalo traded. Kelvin something or other. Uh, he's not even in the league anymore. Kelvin um, Shepard. Kelvin Shepard. Yeah. Wow. Great memory. Again, that's why you're in journalism. You have this great memory. Um, so so and and his long you know identity with the, with this team. He's looking at Phil Hansen as another player who deserves to be on there, and possibly maybe even Aaron Schobel. I think Aaron Schobel. And Phil Hansen for sure deserve to be on there. I think Aaron Schobel's a name, at least in my book, that in my head jumps out before um, Phil Hansen and obviously before yeah, Jerry Hughes. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. Schobel it sounds the best name that you've mentioned so far. I think from this era, Kyle Williams obviously gets up there. And I and think at no some doubt. point, uh, Fred Jackson has a decent case just because of how popular he is. I mean, I, I yeah, I think Fred Jackson should be on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, I don't know how how these careers are going to go. Like, you could get into a spot where there's too many guys from this era, and Jerry Hughes just doesn't doesn't fit, doesn't stack up enough. Yeah, but you look at the '90s team and how many guys got on the wall then from that team. Um, you know, it, it, it's possible. I mean, who knows how? Who knows what this team does? Um, and who knows what they decide to do? If and when they get a new stadium, is it still yeah. a wall of fame? Are they doing some something else where there's maybe more room, put more players in on the down the mm. line? All right. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say Jer- Jerry's a no for me right now. I think. Okay. He I, just I would say so too. Doesn't doesn't feel like a wall. I know he's been here for a while, but it doesn't feel like he's got that true connection with like borderline all pro play. Now. If, 
if he comes up with one sick play in a Super Bowl that like changes the, of course, like that that could change everything. But I, I right as of right now, I would think he was just a good player who's not going to get up there. I would agree with you. I think Jerry Hughes is close, very close, um, but he is not currently, in my opinion. Um, a wall of famer yet he's close it could happen anything can happen between now and the end of his career i think he has two years left in his contract two or three years left um is stevie johnson you know, a wall of famer for you you know i like stevie johnson i'm a big stevie johnson fan as i'm sure most of bill's mafia is as i know bray is um by the way shout out to bray by the way he's had some great tweets <laughs> <laughs> this week uh he did a great job last week with the excuse me thank you tweets uh i thought that was absolutely hilarious uh so Bray, if you're listening shout out to you my man uh and i but yeah I, I i like stevie i just don't think he did enough here to be a wall of famer um i mean i would take jerry hughes on a wall over stevie really okay i feel mm-hmm. like like wall of fame has almost as much to do with how much the fans you connected with them, how much they loved you versus top performance. I feel like Jerry Hughes is just a quiet, you know, Jerry Hughes doesn't do a lot, right? Like he's, he's not a household name where, you know, go down to and talk to a Dolphins fan and you bring up Jerry Hughes and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Jerry Hughes, you know? Right. Um, but neither was, in my opinion, neither was Aaron Schobel, neither was Kyle Williams. Um, but even even for some Buffalo fans, I think you talk about Jerry Hughes. He's not a guy that you think about right away on the defense. But he, I I do think he he he's a silent game changer at times, mm-hmm. M- more times than none. I when have we had like massive Jerry Hughes seasons where he's you know truly a threat the other team is afraid about every single week? I think that I mean I want to say. Early on in the trades, you know, when, when Buffalo first got him, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was definitely someone that going into the last couple of seasons, people looked at Jerry Hughes as, especially when I, I think more so when Kyle Williams was there, people looked at Jerry Hughes really being a threat on that defensive line. And that, that helps when you mm-hmm. have a guy like, um, uh, Kyle Williams on the line with you. I think that there was, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's still true. There was a pretty good period of time where if you knew Jerry Hughes for one thing, it was for personal fouls and not for game changing sacks. Yeah, that's, I think that's true too. I mean, Jerry Hughes did get a little uh, ahead of himself. I mean, that was like the first space in the bingo board, Jerry Hughes, personal foul, 15 yards. His first season in Buffalo, he didn't play much. He only started one game. That was 2013. Um, he didn't play much. And then from then on, he has started nearly every game. Uh, this year he's started, obviously he only started 12 and 2016. He started, he played in all 16, but he only started 15 of those 16, um, in his career, in his eight years in Buffalo, he has 51 sacks in Buffalo in eight years. Um, and 329 knuckles. I'm not no blown games, away by obviously. that. 
But I'm telling you, like, he, he, hits? He, he could do one incredible thing in a playoff game that could totally change the narrative. Okay. Okay. I, I, I mean, I think he's still a disruptor at, at the end. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying he just doesn't He does like have an interception this year, though, Nick. His first career one, right? Yeah, one interception for negative three yards, but he does have an interception. Um, he's also has forced one fumble this year so far. Um, 26 tackles. He does have four and a half sacks this year. His best sack total uh, came in 2013. So he did play all six. I'm sorry, he played all 16 games with Buffalo's first year. He had 10 sacks his first year, 10 sacks his second year. And then he had not had double digit sacks since 2014. Hmm. So, just just some food for thought. I, I found that interesting. I, I he's not a guy that jumps off the page to me. No, he's like some, he's other, some other guys do. But he 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 could be. Um, have to see how this year ends. And like you said, maybe a big playoff interception or big playoff force fumble or big sack, whatever it might be, away from 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 making that list but i do think he does need to get in front of a kyle williams which obviously is not going to happen um and he's going to obviously be behind a a guy like a uh, aaron Scholl mm-hmm. as well hey so. one one under the radar thing uh he is pretty quotable he's always been good with the media and a lot <laughs> yeah. of media guys are on the panel who vote for this it's like prominent those alumni and people higher up and there's a a good number of media on the panel. I don't know who exactly is. I think it's it's around thirty people who vote. And uh, being media friendly definitely in your plays in your favor. Speaking of media friendly, have you heard Baker's uh, press conferences the last couple weeks? Uh, Baker Mayfield has like quoted a different rap song like how many times this year? And I, <laughs> I saw. Okay, hold on. I love it when I read the tweets. It's like, hey, Baker did it again. But then you watch the video, and it's like he's not. He's not like doing it hardcore. He's like, these are some of the lamest rap references you've ever seen. He quoted DMX and it wasn't like, you know, Rough Riders. It was like, uh, and then, you know, I just uh, dropped, stopped, you know, turn around. Shut. It's like, but I love he, how he he's just so soft. It was not like, oh, I was disappointed when I saw the video, to be honest with you. But I love how he's just fitting it into his answers. Like he's just casually answering a question, like fitting this in. It is funny like, I feel when, like that, when, that's you, very uh, when you have to explain it to someone else and they're like, I don't get it. And you're like, I, <laughs> you ready to listen to some DMX at work right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. L- l- let me just blare some DMX. It is that time of year. Don't forget to listen to your yearly Rudolph the Reindeer, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer DMX edition. Love uh, it. Y- y'all are welcome if you haven't heard it. One more thing, Nick, and we, we, we really got to end with some more funny stuff from Monday Night Football that I can't believe we haven't talked about yet but uh the little clip there they did of the josh allen home alone that was uh, you got so a lot good. of love for some of the stuff you retweeted oh, at okay. Nick veronica on twitter i um, i just pointed out espn put a great little easter egg in there there was a video like two years ago was nfl rookies attempt to draw their logo and josh allen drew the saddest buffalo bill it looks like uh like Remember Timon and Puma from Lion King? Like, looks like a sad little Puma with just this red stripe through it and this little stumpy, like, terrible drawing. And, but it was like endearingly bad. And 
<laughs> Josh was like, you know, I, uh, I made him a little chunky. I like to eat. <laughs> like it was, it was just funny. And ESPN found this and they, they had this skit with Josh Allen and it says Josh's room on it, like in home alone. And then there's the drawing of the Buffalo that he did. And like, it, it was really good work on their part to go back and find that. Well, if done. you have, if you, if you didn't see it or for some reason you missed the Monday night football game, I'm going to, I'll retweet it when we put up the, uh, the podcast this week. I'll put it up on our on our Twitter. Take a look at it. It is absolutely like perfectly done. And I, I was hoping that Dell. I don't know if Dell listens to our show or not, but Dell, if you're listening, you have to rush and make one of those ugly sweaters uh, that Josh is wearing in that video for Bills Mafia for Christmas, um, either this year or 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 sometime. I I, I think it's it, it was absolutely terribly ugly, but perfect. Um, and well, I love you the can't. Did, did, did you see the, the shirt they did do this week? I did because Rain Wilson did say that Josh Allen is his second favorite quarterback. But great exchange, by the way. Second favorite quarterback in the NFL. Josh Allen's response: mm-hmm. Am I your second favorite assistant quarterback or second favorite to the assistant quarterback? <laughs> and I thought Josh Allen hit the nail on the head. And then Buffalo Bills retweeted saying Bills beats Battlestar Galactica. And Dell did mm-hmm. not hesitate, jumped all over that. So if you're an office fan and a Bills fan, go to 26 shirts. I'm going to just promote Dell on the podcast. I don't even know if he listens, but I'm going to pro- promote him anyway. Go to 26 shirts. Look at the Bills beats Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica shirt. Uh, buy it. Support some charities. And, yes, live in some Buffalo. Buffalo's finally making pop culture for good things right now. And I'm all all for it. What a by the way, what a week for Buffalo and pop culture. Jeopardy. They made office references, and they made an awesome Home Alone tribute Monday Night Football video. So, good job for Buffalo on the pop pop culture reference side of things this week. And they made it on the Process Podcast. That's pretty hard to do. Always, <laughs> Always. can't can't live. Uh, we would not survive without the Buffalo Bills on this show. Uh, so, Nick, without further ado, I have nothing else for you. We picked this week, big game this week, Bill Steelers Sunday night football. Hope everyone pays attention. We will be on top of it ourselves. We will be ready to go next week, re- recap that game, and look forward to the Bills uh, Broncos in Denver the following Saturday. Don't forget that Saturday game. And uh, Nick, maybe we're even talking about a, a bubble clinch playoffs this week. I'm ready for it. Well, guys, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, whatever, uh, however you listen to the Process Podcast, remember to subscribe to the Process Bo- Podcast on Twitter or Apple uh, or Google Play as well. Um, if you aren't following us on Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Uh, keep an eye out for some of our polls. Before we go, Nick, our poll right now on if team if fans would rather see uh, Kansas City or Miami win this week. Kansas City is currently leading the voting at 51 and a half. Miami's at 30 and a half. And um, I hope both teams could just lose is at 12 and a half. So uh, obviously a lot of Bills Mafia will be polling for Kansas City this week with Buffalo's playoff implication on the line. They're wrong, um, but it's okay. 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll see. Come next week, guys. Thank you for always tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore prospect pod. And follow Nick at Nick Veronica. Nick's got the fire takes. Don't forget to give him a follow. Uh, you can follow me at childwit68 on Twitter. And uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening. And remember to always trust the problem.